0: Once again, this is the Wu-Tang Podcast. I am God Superior. The Almighty AR is still on hiatus, as I'm, as I'm sure all of you guys know. And so with that being said, I have a special guest for this episode uh, to, to chop it up with me, kick it with me to discuss yet another album. And that person is Ty Smith, who is uh, an animator, uh, Well, I should say one of the animators for the Samurai Shin series. What's good with you, Ty? What
1: up, what up? Doing all right.
0: Cool, cool. Um, and so for this episode, well, you guys already know that the title anyway. I mean that's what I mean if you're listening to it now, you know what it's about. What it's they about. They clicked anyway. on it. <laughs> yeah, you clicked on it, right. But uh anyway, well I'll just say it anyway. So for this episode, it's kind of ironic that, you know, uh, Ty, because uh, we were you know we were talking um, when we did an interview for the Channel Ten podcast and when I was preparing for this episode I real I realized that it's kind of ironic that you um you wanted to do this album because you know Samurai Shin is a cross between samurai Shampoo and Afro samurai and everything like that. So maybe it's not that surprising that you'll be interested in, you know, discussing a RZA album, which for this episode we are discussing Riz's very first album 1998's Bobby Digital and Stereo. I would say uh one arguably one of the most divisive uh Wu-Tang solo albums there is.
1: Yeah, yeah. See, I didn't even know that it was divisive. Like as far as I was concerned like I thought it was a hit. Like for me, I didn't even know the second album came out and shit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's um, I mean, like you know, in, in my circles and just reading, always reading about the album. If if someone decides to talk about it, or just vague mentions, mentionings of it, or whatever like that, um, in books or whatever like that, and they they always talk about how divisive the album is. It's like it's one of those albums that you just like either love or you hate. Yeah, so um, I guess a little bit of background. So it came out in 1998. Uh, through G Street and V2, and it was an interesting time, right, 1998, uh, a lot of stuff going on, right, so you have two, it's two years before the whole Y2K thing, so there are a lot of illusions um, amongst many rappers when it comes to all of that, Uh, just like Tikal, T'Kal 2000, Judgment Day, Method Man's album, which came out a week before Riz's album, which I find interesting in November, um, Yeah, so you know, you have that, uh, it's 98, so it's a year after Wu-Tang Forever, Um, and this is, this album is pretty much a part of that second wave of uh, Wu-Tang solo albums and everything like that. I I read somewhere that that some people actually argue that that the Bobby Digital album should be counted as the first wave of Wu-Tang solo projects since... Um, you know, it's Riz's first album and the same thing with like Master Killers album which came out years after uh, uh, this album, but uh, I don't think so. I-, I think it should be counted with the second wave. What do you think?
1: I would say so, like, you know, when it this, when this came out, it like really didn't even hit. Like, people were all about it, but, you know, it kind of flew a little bit under the radar. It's like, every time I talk about everybody, everybody's talking about Wu-Tang Forever and whatnot and, of course, all Method Man shit and whatnot. So, I mean, when this came out, Mm-hmm. for it to be considered, like, a part of the first, I would say it's, you know, part of that wave we what you talk about.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, what do you remember um, about the time and everything like that when this album first came out?
1: Shit. I just remember fucking going to the record store and just seeing it up there. Because, like, back then, you ain't have no internet or nothing, so, I mean, you had to buy the magazines to know something was coming out for something to be ready. And I just me- remember seeing the artwork, and I was like, this shit look ill. <laughs> for me... It was basically I ain't had no real stereo, so we used to play this shit on the Sony PlayStation. And uh just pumped that shit up. And that's what it was all about, just like listening to that shit, smoking out and just getting into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I I too remember those days of uh of uh playing CDs on Playstation and everything like that. Kind of annoying because then, you know, if you you know, if you had a- another console then you have to go try to go out of your way to maybe get another T V or some kind of shit. So you can play the game. It was a whole, well, a whole thing. Anyway, yeah, and um, yeah, and so I um I can't think of who made the al- the album cover work uh the album artwork, but um I know it was a comic book writer, and it certainly looks like kind of you know kind of like a comic book, um kind of allusions to black exploitation movies and everything like that. Which of course, as we all know, in the whole Wu Tang world, the Wu Tang universe, whatever you want to call it, Wu Fam, Wu Wednesdays, whatever, that. This was supposed to be the soundtrack of uh well the soundtrack for the yet to be released Bobby digital movie <laughs>
1: yet, yet to be released, but you can find like a little i think it's like seven eight minute trailer <laughs> of that shit online like it's on YouTube you can find it yeah
0: yeah it's
1: actually yeah. No, go ahead. actually tied it under his uh, his second album was it uh, digital bullet.
0: Yeah, 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 digital bullet. And um yeah, I, cuz I I haven't I've not seen the trail in so long, so I watched it um last night and uh it's it's certainly a sight to see. Um and it's also a, a product of its time, mo- most importantly. Uh it's just funny, you know, like I it just kind of reminds me like Iron Monkey like when it comes to like the um the ambiance is like the ambiance is like really dark um and everything like that and you know rizza is like flying around kicking people and shit and like these dungy ass alleyways or whatever whatever it is um the idea was
1: there though like i could see that and i'm like yo this shit should have came out because this is i mean that's you could see how he thought of this character and what he wanted it to do and just seeing it you know come to life is like all right like <laughs> why why did we not have this <laughs> it's like why did you do iron you know man with the iron fist instead of doing this flick
0: Yeah, yeah. And actually, actually in um, some of the comments, some people said that, um, why would you do The Man with the Iron Fist um, and not um, put out out this movie? But, you know, speaking, you know, going back to what you said about, um, you know, you, you know, you chilling, smoking, playing it on PlayStation. uh, I guess some more irony here is that the creation of Bobby Digital, at least according to RZA, came from a really good bag of weed. So... For all the heavy weed smokers, I'm sure there are a lot of you guys, since all of y'all listen to Wu-Tang, I'm assuming, if you listen to this podcast, uh, one day you could probably do the same thing. You could come up with a character and come out with a gold album based on just having a really good bag of weed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That should open your mind.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and you know, uh, of course, Bobby Digital, he's not analog, he's digital, right? You got the uh, the Y2K coming up, so he's also kind of making these allusions to it and everything like that. Uh, and also the whole Digi formula, you know, right, because the character, you know, uh, comes about after, you know, smoking this special uh, honey blunt or whatever it is. And I didn't know this, um, or maybe I forgot, but apparently it's an actual for- formula that, that Rizza and I guess his people came up with or whatever like that, but... So far as I know, he ha- yeah, it's like a, it's it's a three yeah. He said it's not it's not only dust, not just dust. It's a bit more than that. It's like a three drug formula, and uh, you know he says he doesn't smoke it anymore. But right, right, uh, uh, yeah. But but there you go. So um, yeah, so you have all these interesting things going on, and then I think most importantly, which makes this album so divisive. Um, you know, wrapping up the whole background stuff is the fact that um, you know this is a departure from you know RZA's standard you know sound and everything like that because he begins to develop um you know develop his whole thing with music theory and whatnot and what you know we all kind of saw with the, um on Wu-Tang Forever so, you know certain pieces of it but uh this is this digital this digital orchestra he had about I think 17 keyboards he used to make this digital orchestra and he uses very little sampling throughout the album which uh makes the album even more interesting and more divisive because of it
1: yeah, even so, I think even said he like learn how to play chords just so he could do some new music on there.
0: Yeah, 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 um, and yeah, it's a you know with uh, with a lot of RZA albums. I mean, I think with every RZA album, it's always an interesting listen. You know, no matter if you you know if you care for it or not.
1: Definitely. Like, one of, one of the good things about this is, like, even if the lyrics ain't hitting, I mean, it's not like a Wu-Tang click ain't ever gonna hit, but, it's like, sometimes, you know, you just listen to it. But you just drown that shit out and just listen to the background music, the instrumentals, and it's, like, this it shit is fucking hot. And, like, you can definitely see, you know, the fucking influence he has, you know, you know cinematically and whatnot. Because it's, like, that's what it really feels like when you're listening to this. It's, like, if you take out any of the lyrics, like, all this shit can be scenes to a flick
0: yeah yeah that's true and um you know but yet and still the album and all in all of its kind of weird uniformity in certain ways it's a rather messy album because it it's uh you know for i think about what 21 tracks it's a it's a fast it moves at a fast pace and he kind of takes you through these different through like a roller on a roller coaster of different emotions right he he opens up with like you know the kind of braggadocio, kind of Wu Tangish, kind of um, you know lyricism, and then you know you go between those slow grind um, interludes, and then you you just jump to Love Jones. <laughs> yeah,
1: see, see, that's the thing though. It's like because with them some of these black exploitation movies, it's like sometimes they just put together scenes that kind of don't really flow together. It's like one minute dude's fighting somebody, next minute he's, like, having sex with some chick. It's like, what the fuck just happened? Like, when did this happen? <laughs> they just wanted to put that scene in there, but it's like, the, the fucking album follows that. It's like, all right, you up, you up? And then it's like, all right, we're gonna take it down with a slow jam. It's like, what the fuck? It's like, all right, but it works. It's like, you still get that feeling in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true, and, you know, uh, um, he followed the same pattern with the movie. Apparently, he had um, a one-page outline of um, or what the movie was supposed to be, like the plot or whatever, like that, and then the rest of it was just improvisation. And so, if people wanted to, like, if they were just around, they wanted to hop in, you know, hop in, hop in on the scene, they could. Which, yet again, sounds interesting. But you know, for for RZA, um during this time, I, I'm uh, just based on like certain interviews. I, I, I imagine that he felt like he could do no wrong anyway. You know, you. I mean, the demand at this point he made. Let's see, 36 Chambers, Cuban Links, Liquid Swords, Iron Man. I mean, he he made several classic albums within a very short period of time. Are oh, they all were successful. He's riding off the wave of Wu Tang Forever against the kind of like the the whole shiny suit thing with Diddy and whatnot. And at, and then at the time he's 28 years old. And you know he feels like his style is being kind of copied, and so this is another reason why he takes this plunge into going into music theory. And he's also rich, so um, he can just go ahead and just you know put in eight hundred thousand dollars to finance a movie because he couldn't get you know the money that he that or that he wanted through Hollywood.
1: Right. See, now that's the thing when you talk about you know is kind of a messy album for me. I like to call it raw. Because it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what it felt like. It's almost like he was starting himself over, you know, a new beginning. And I th- I think that's one of the best things about it because it, it feels like it has so much texture to the album. You know what I'm saying? It's like some some of them tracks, it's like, did they just, you know, were they just rhyming up in the studio and just decide, fuck it, that's a record. Like, that's, that's a track right there. It's like all of that together just kind of fits well with the theme he was going for. And, you know, like you said, you know, he put out a whole lot of albums during that time. So he, I mean, he's got money. So he could have overproduced this shit up the fucking wazoo, but he didn't, you know, he knew exactly where to stop. It, what, it, what it felt like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, he's like, yeah, this one's good. We don't need to add any more tracks to it. We don't need to add any more fucking instrumentals, no horns or nothing. It's like, boom, right there, it's good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and generally to his credit, uh, he does find he does he does find a way to to still kind of keep a certain kind of griminess uh, throughout much of the album, even though he's not really you know messing with samples or, or whatever like that. Which uh, you know, especially for the time, you know, it is pretty interesting in, in certain in you know in in the ways that he you know plays with different textures and different kinds of sounds to 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 create this. Um, you know, this digital orchestra, as he calls it, but still um, manages to keep it very kind of boom-bap-ish and hip-hop-ish.
1: I mean, he even mentions it right in the beginning. Ultimate break beats and shit. Niggas looping the same shit over a thousand years. It's like, done. Done with looping. <laughs> like, we about to get into some real shit. Like, some music shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then also, he has a... Um, <clears throat> excuse me. He has a... Quite quite a few features, which I think pretty much all of them are interesting. As with every RZA album, <clears throat> so what are some of your uh, your favorite uh, tracks off this album?
1: I right, I think I got about like five or six.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: All right, for we got to start off, of course, with the first song, "B For me, like i can get lost in that song right there like I, remember, I still remember like every time i think about this album that song hits it lays out the whole stage for the rest of the album but it's like i'll just be into the zone and won't even be listening to it because that song just put me into it and then next thing you know i'm like on the third song, i'm like oh shit, what's this oh shit, what's this i'm like damn i got lost but like that song right there it's like it just puts you in the mood like the way it starts the way it comes in everything about it it's just like I'm about to, I'm about to be in for some shit. <laughs> <laughs> then for the next one, i was going to talk about fucking uh uh now I see everything. For mm-hmm. me, that one was just kind of like, all right, if you need a single, that's going to be it. All right, cuz the beat's good, bumping, you can almost play that as like fucking club track and shit, and of course, we got fan favorite Method Man on there. So it's almost like pff, there's no way this this can't this can't get everybody. You know what I'm saying, mm, right, um, right? You also got a fucking, uh, Malovinist Digi. Now that shit that gets me, because when I heard that, you know, because it starts off like fucking uh, was it like sometimes? <laughs> yeah. I find some little like I hear that, and that reminded me like straight up some seventy shit, like fucking uh, fucking the Whiz and whatnot, some Broadway <laughs> shit, <laughs> and I'm like, yo. If this dude can pull this off, like he can do everything, like that lets you realize like where he can go and where he has gone, you know, as far as like cinematically and whatnot, it's like, yo, he's ready to do soundtracks for some movies, you know what I'm
0: saying? Yeah.
1: Um, for me, uh, project talk, just because, you know, I'm I'm a bit of a sucker for like shit that tells a story. You know what I'm saying? Like fucking what do you call it? Uh, Slick Rick, storyteller. Fucking you remember that uh Renee song? Think was it Lost Boys?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, just like telling stories and shit. You know, Biggie, of course, one of my favorites. Like he's got that one song, uh, got a story to tell. Uh, Give me the loot, of course. I mean, just storytelling type thing. I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. Guess the Black Widow. O.G.B. Yeah. Like I, 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 for some reason, I love that nigga because it's like he's got a crazy style and it just works. It's like the two, the two rappers I, I can think of that with the craziest style are like fucking uh, ODB and Missy. Mm. And it's like they could just say whatever they want, and it works. And the one for this album that really worked for me, Airwaves. It's a short-ass fucking song. It leaves me wanting more. But the thing is, it's like I listen to that, and I immediately start getting the vision of what the movie would be like if he actually fucking did it and finished it, <laughs> completed it. <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think that was like about maybe five. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, those tracks like really stick out for me. It's like, yeah, when those come on, it's like nothing else. I mean, obviously other ones like Love Jones, you know, because it mixes it up, gives you that feeling. But I mean, it, it's there, it's there. But, you know, it's like these are the ones that like really hit. Hmm. If if I was going to choose another one, I'd probably say fucking uh, domestic violence. Just because <laughs> yeah. it's fucking funny. Like, you know, comes in, she's all, she's just calling him shit, whatever. You ain't shit, whatever. I'm like, yo, I, I've met girls like that that just, like, try and break you down so much. They don't just break you down. They break your family down, your friends down. They talk shit about your goddamn dog and your cat. <laughs>
0: yeah, haven't, haven't we all met women like that? <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I, I even used that shit on my wife. Like our, our worst argument was that thing, and it's like after a while, I was like, "I apologize, like I'm sorry." It's like that's my worst because I'm like I did that same shit where I, I will not let you talk. I will just keep saying the same shit over and over just to break you. down
0: And it's like I'm sorry, <laughs> that ain't good. Well, has your wife ever listened to uh, domestic violence? no 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 no
1: no <laughs> she, she listened to some she listened to some rapping like she gets it was like things like that if i if i showed her that she was just like pissed off the whole time
0: <laughs> yeah when so i mean i was i was pretty much a damn kid when this came out anyway so uh what i used to do i used to uh play domestic violence up and i'll play it up like real loud so i can piss my mother off after, <laughs> after a while that that was that was always funny because um you know, like like the thing about like my my mother, like and my and my grandmother. My grandmother's like, eighty years old, and just because like the influence of my brother and, and everything like that. Uh, you know, she was well aware of, of who Wu Tang was and who Mob Deep was and everything like that. I mean, she didn't listen to him, no, but like she she knew about like a, a lot of like East Coast hip hop just through like my through my brother and him like playing it in the basement and with the weird smells that were protruding from the basement, which she will always say that he needs to cut that, stop smoking that shit, but. Uh, yeah, um, man, where 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 do I start? I mean, for me, uh, I think that the number one my favorite song off this album is uh, "Holocaust," and I mean for two reasons. I mean, you know, like for for one, it's because of "Holocaust." You got you have the beat, and um, you know, you you have like you know kind of uh you know you have Ghostface and his Cobra Cobra Clutch style, Supreme clientele kind of braggadocio lyrics and everything like that which is all always nice uh i love domestic violence that's probably my number two uh bobby did it spanish fly um i just i just love how like his lord um like kind of um opens the track up just like like his energy and everything like that and like um and like yourself i like um project talk also and it's not so much for the story, but um, it it, it uh, harkens back to uh, to Digital Bullet on uh, I think it's track number two, Can't Lose, and it's like the same kind of style. It's not like a story, but it's like less than two minutes, or maybe it is two minutes, and it's like a dope a dope loop or whatever like that. And they're just like rapping, and I just always find like those kinds of things that they that they that they that they do together dope. Uh, even like um. I think with the what was it the Sting, uh, the the bonus CD to the Sting, and they kind of did like the, like a, a similar thing on there too with some of those unreleased um, RZA tracks. Uh, I like handwriting. I, ha- I love handwriting on the wall because you know Razcast is dope on it. Uh, and you know the thing about Airwaves too is that Air you know Airwaves like it was a part of like a lo- a, um, a longer song from the uh, Sw- Swaying King text like Wake Up Show Freestyle series. Yeah, it has, like, Eminem on it and everything like that. I think it's, yeah, Eminem and some other people, I believe. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, a a six-minute song.
1: (laughs) Goddamn. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned Holocaust. Like, wasn't that the one that they did, like, the official music video for?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I remember seeing that, like... I I remember, for me, that one was, like... Because he did the album, got the album cover, got the character he wants to portray and whatnot. But then I started seeing shit in live action, so when I saw the Holocaust video, I was like, "All right, this this, this cool." I mean, just like the movie, it's like this cool, but like visually, this mm-hmm. is what I was thinking. I'm like, I, "I need more." Like that mask that you got on, like I got it, I got it. I know where you're going from because it's like you know fucking Kato and shit from fucking uh, uh Green Hornet. You know that shit works, but at the same time, it's just like do something more do, do something better because everything that you put together with the, the album the visuals i'm like it, it's working it's there but it's like it needs a little bit more
0: yeah 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 i feel you and hmm you know the thing about bobb was that that was like the first single off the album if i'm correct and even like even in, in 98 i just really can't see that being a single I mean, yeah, like NY, like you know, NYC. Everything I can see, but like, um, I don't know, maybe my love is Digi, I don't know, but but not B.O.B.Y.
1: Yeah, I feel what you're saying. Like, I can't like see it as a single. Like, not really. But for me, it's like it sets the fucking stage. It's like everything, everything for me is right in there. Like, you know, up and down the beat, the way it starts. I mean, the way it's just like, you know, the anger. Like every other song that comes off the album. is pretty much within there in some form or another. Like, a little piece or a big piece, like, whatever. It's, like, right there for me. So, yeah, I couldn't see it as a single because I couldn't see people hearing that and just being like, what? But for me, I mean, it was. Because it's like, once you put it in and that's the first one that comes out, it's like, shit. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's... I mean, yeah, maybe, like... uh, I mean, I do, like, love Jones mainly because of the beat, though.
1: See, for me, yeah, Love Jones, be, like, every single one of them to be, but for me, Love Jones was like the one where I was like, all right, like, this dude can get down on some lovey-dovey type shit. I'm like, that, that, that's what it's all about. I mean, being 17 and growing up in the hood, all you want to talk about is like, get bitches and shit like that. Like, we're going to go out and get some bitches. We're going to fuck like, all right, but fucking is like bringing it down. Like, nah, we're going to love on some queen and shit. Yeah, the
0: queens that shine like a brand new spanking black Glock
1: exactly that's what i'm talking about it's like get you in that mood it's like yo you could be hood and you could still love a girl you know what i'm saying
0: well you know maybe i, well, I don't know well, uh, have you uh have you ever said that to your wife before she's shining like a brand new glock <laughs> You know, it sounds like, it's well, I mean, it's it's most definitely, like, it's it's of the time. It sounds like some shit that, like, Ja Rule would say uh, to Ashanti or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> nah,
1: see, see, I wouldn't go that far, cause, probably because I ain't a big Ja Rule fan. It's like, when that nigga came out with some shit with Jay-Z, I was like, I right, you got something. And then after he broke off, I was like, what the fuck is this dude talking about? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm most certainly not a, a, a Ja Rule fan myself, but... um. I mean, yeah, there's some things I can appreciate from him and everything like that. Now, uh, another song that's interesting, although it's not like on the it's not on the on the American version, it's on like the Japanese version. Is uh, uh, track uh, 22. yeah, do you hear the bells? Mm. Uh, what, what you know? I mean, like now, like if you ever like you know, find, if you look, if you get like a like um, one of those like bootleg versions of the Cure. The album that RZA has has yet to come out with, also, uh, it's it's usually on there, but it always I I, I always like it always circulate on line wire and shit like that back in the day, and it's just it's a fucking it's just a funny ass freestyle, <laughs> which um, when I was I was doing some more reading. And apparently because, you know, he's the RZA and, you know, he had all kinds of things going on, Wu-Tang, they were going to come out with, like, a, Sony was coming out with, like, a, um, a Wu-Tang greatest hits thing going on, I think, uh, before Christmas of 98 or whatever it was. And also, RZA was going to try to make a Bing, a, he was going to try to remake a Bing Crosby Christmas song. What? <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, right. in just in time for Christmas, and it's called like the Bing Crosby song is called like, Do you hear? Do you hear something? I can't think of the name of it, but as soon as I read that, I said, Do you hear the bells? And so it, it, this makes a lot of sense.
1: Right on, right on. You know, ben Crosby. I'm. You see, now that makes me think of Gremlins. Like I think, Do you hear what I hear? <laughs> like I still, I remember that shit. Like from, like I think I know what you're talking about. Well, that now. Shit movie yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, so now, yeah, so whenever, you, whenever y'all whenever you are thinking about Bing Crosby and Gremlins, think of RZA, Bobby Digital, and Stereo, and Do You Hear the Bells? <laughs>
1: Damn, see? <laughs> and it all fucking connects, once again. You yeah, know, you everything that he's all about. <laughs> cin- cinema, fucking, you know, music, all of it connecting <laughs> together.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, and, yeah, um, and domestic violence, like, it's, it's so funny, like how Jamie Summers, like she, like she just shows up, like on these on these relationship songs, like on Iron Man, uh, on Wildflower, and then she's on domestic violence and everything like that, which is which is kind of funny. But I can't, I don't know, I can't see any other kind of like you know Wu Tang, Killer Bee female uh, playing that role. I can't see like TaKita, like blue, or, like Blue Raspberry playing that role.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It always kills me when I hear female in because 'cause I'm like it just makes me always think like, why has there never been a female in the group? Like at least one like forever, like in the group, like not just featured on a track and shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most de- most definitely. Man, uh well. Yeah, I mean, so generally when it comes for like when it comes to me in this album At least, all right. When it comes to RZA albums overall, so Digital Bullet, uh, Birth of a Prince, and Digi Snacks, this is probably my, actually maybe my my third most favorite RZA album.
1: All right, what's one and two?
0: Okay, so the first one, you usually it depends on what mood I'm in. Is Digital Bullet and. Uh, there are certain reasons why, which, you know, whenever I get around to the episode, I'll I'll get into it. But that was like, um, I don't know. Like, I I just remember it. I just remember it vividly and like the experience of me, like listening to the album. So I think it's more more or less the experience that, 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 that leads me to gravitate towards the album more so than, uh, Birth of a Prince, which, which I think is a really, you know, good album. And I think probably because, uh, of uh, some of those, quite a few of those songs, you know, were supposed to be for the cure, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah.
1: You see, you know what you said right there, like how it just fits with you, and like what was going on with your life a little bit. You know, what I'm saying like how, you know, like that's what you gravitate towards, and it's like that's what that's what this album is for me here. It's like I didn't even know Digital came even came out with like when I heard about it, I was like, oh, got a fucking second album. And I never got around to listening to it, <laughs> and the thing is, like you know now that I think about it it's like you know, even preparing for this you know interview, it's like I kinda don't want to. It's like this one fits for me, like everything going back in you know my life during the time, like I still remember just like walking home from work and shit and just listening to this on a fucking c d player just fucking jamming just like this is my shit like i can just listen to it like it doesn't have to be anything i don't have to sit there and be like oh what oh what like it can just be on and like this is good music like i can just jam out to it
0: yeah 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 i I can i can most definitely see that i mean yeah it's it's certainly not um and you know, I think just that's from RZA being a RZA. Half the time, you would expect like some kind of com- like com- I'm pretty sure a lot of people did, like you know, when he first came out with this album, like some kind of com- like complex album with all kinds of um, you know syntax or whatever you want to call it, and, and a whole bunch of weird shit going on. But it's not that. It's like it's actually an easy listen, and in certain respects, it's it's one of the more easier listens of um, of many of the earlier Wu Tang or the well, at least the the, the '90s Wu Tang solo albums. Yeah. Which is ironic, but... yeah. Well, you know,
1: especially after 36 Chambers, because like 36 Chambers, I mean, everybody was introduced to that, and so they're paying the, paying attention to every little thing that goes on. It's like, every song that comes on, they're like, oh shit, oh shit, like, this is something new, it's something gritty, something grimy, it's something different, you know, in the hip-hop era. And so now they got used to it, it's like, alright, this is, you know, this is a new album by this motherfucker, I got, All right, and RZA most likely produced it. So it's almost like, yeah, it's going to be a hit, it's going to be good, I just listened to it. It's like, this was something else where it's like, yeah, you could just fucking, you know, relax to it. Like, you don't have to pay attention to every single song, because even if you lose out on the lyrics, like, that beat is still going to be there, there's going to be something, and it's going to be new every time you listen to it, because the first time, you just listen to the instrumentals. Second time, you're like, oh, what? This thing on this song? Oh, hell, hell yeah, that's my shit.
0: <laughs> new song. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, are there any like other RZA albums that you like?
1: As far as like RZA albums, I wouldn't say particularly. I mean, like like we were talking before, like a lot of dark bands. Like that's another one where it's just like it, it was an impulse buy. I was just in the record store. I was just like, all right, like who's this? Like you know, anything that he like produced, I can say. But as far as like RZA particularly, I, I can't say. <laughs>
0: Mm-mm. Yeah, we um yeah, we talked about Lot of the Dark Man a few um his first album a few episodes ago. And so did you buy it just because of um the like the album cover? Pretty much. I
1: mean it was just there. Was just, like I didn't even know who he was. And I was like, who's I mean, same thing happened with uh The Swarm and uh fucking Killer Army. It's like I didn't know who it was, but basically it was like it was a Wu Tang, like let me let me give it a shot, let me try it. And so it was like those were two albums that I bought and you know or three albums that i bought was, was like yes yeah, like i can get down with this like i can have it on but you know it's like did i really get into a lot of dark man it's like it's it's not like it became my favorite but it's not like i hated it either you know what i'm saying it's like it it was there i had it i could listen to it it was like something different
0: yeah you know it yeah, was i'll
1: go ahead but didn't just listen to the same old wu-tang every day because it's like i could put on 36 chambers or return to the 36 chambers and just keep on listening keep on listening i'm like yo <laughs> there's got to be a point we got to straight away open up your mind there's, there's other <laughs> music out there <laughs> there's more people a part of the wu-tang than just these motherfuckers
0: yeah yeah i um i saw i saw riz alive damn it was like yeah almost like nine years ago now 2008 and um i was it was like he was on his digi snacks tour and i was in dc and uh I was really hoping that he would have like played something from like his first album, but he didn't. He played, he played pretty much the, his entire DigiSnacks Snacks album, and like he did some cuts from like, um, he he did his verse from like the fourth chamber off of Liquid Swords, and like shit like that. Which I mean wasn't 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 bad, but you know, uh, I mean, or, or I mean, I, shit, I was wishing like for him like to to play something from Digital Bullet, but he didn't. Which always happens to me, like these these uh, the concerts. Like I always, I'll, I'm always like the, the the type of nigga that loves like one of the deepest album cuts that people don't remember, and I'm just like praying that they like they will manage like to play it and shit. And every time, every time I go to a concert, it never happens.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, it, like I mean that's how it is. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. It's for me, it's good. Cause it's like, all right, I want to hear some different shit. Like, I know your shit, but other times, you know, it's bad. Cause it's like, I was looking to jam out to that shit with all these motherfuckers in this, in this fucking theater, and we all want to hear that one thing that we all gonna fucking just connect with, and you didn't play it. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, um, I guess overall, uh, assuming that I, I know, I know that uh, I have some, we have some uh, young listeners, so. If you haven't, you should probably check out uh, Bobby Digital's first, well, RZA's first album, Bobby Digital in the Stereo. It's an interesting listen, and you know, it's yet again, yeah. I think I, I'm pretty sure it's one of the one of the more divisive um, Wu Tang solo albums. I mean, it got like a three and a half, three and a half mics in the source. I think Digital Bullet got three and a half mics, if not three mics. And you know, RZA seems like he just he just can't get like a full, like a four mic rating or so like a four star rating with any of his. Uh, his solo projects, which is, which is interesting, uh, to say the, to say the least. But, um, do you have any, uh, final thoughts about the album?
1: All right. Well, as far as the album goes, like, just listen to it. Like, you're going to like it, you you know, if you don't, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. (laughs) Like, you're going to like something off of it. All right. Even if you only like three songs, which is fine. But what I will say about if you go on to YouTube and watch, you know, a little video, yo, when you look at that, it, it, you're going to think something about it. I'm like, what the fuck? You're going to probably have mixed feelings because if if you're in the RZA, you're like, what the hell? Like, this could have been better. But, yo, just look at what he's trying to do in that. It's like you can see the character that he was trying to build. And so even though things weren't there as far as, like, you know, production-wise or anything, you know, with, like, CG and whatnot, you can get an idea. And if you just think, like, what it could be, you, you'll enjoy it. Because, I, like, I was watching it, I was just like, oh, this is it? But then I was like, but nah, I, I get it. I get it. Like, the, the fucking money wasn't there, the production wasn't there, like, he ain't know all the directors that he knew today. And it's like, damn, if, if he could just get that done, like, I could see this being something. Like, I want to see this shit done up right. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, um, I was listening to, um, I think it was Warren Epstein... And they had uh Ralph McDaniel on like this. For for those of y'all who don't know, he's like this um you know, I like, I'm pretty much like a you know music video director and everything like that. And apparently he's the one that he has something to do with like the Bobby Digital movie and he says that he has it or something like that. Um I don't know if that's true or not. May well maybe he has a copy of it or whatever like that, but it 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 exists and it's around. So maybe one day uh Rizza will Will eventually drop it, and hopefully it doesn't get like flooded out like his basement did in the '90s. But nonetheless, um, huh?
1: Like well, the way if if it is if it's old, I kind of don't want to see it. I mean, I do just for nostalgia purposes because I'd get it. But for anybody new coming in, it's like don't put it out like it's the shit. Like put it you know take take that as as your, like your storyboard and fucking do it up again. Like because I can I can only imagine you know. <laughs>
0: That'll be well, that'll be interesting because then it'll be like Bobby Digital twenty years like twenty twenty years later,
1: and that'll be the shit. <laughs> oh, also, also, if you didn't know, there's actually animation out too. Yeah,
0: like, yeah I, I I've heard about the animation.
1: Yeah, so I saw it. If I if I was to rate the animation versus you know, because I think the animation is probably like two minutes, maybe less. I don't know. The fucking if I was to rate that against you know the the fucking eight minute trailer that he did, eight minute mm-hmm. trailer has more context to it. The animation is like yeah, I can see it. You know it it ain't that bad of artwork. You know th- of course the animation's a bit choppy because you know it ain't smoothed out. You know they don't have all the in betweens and whatnot. But fucking as far as the story goes, it's like I'd rather see that eight minute trailer done up well rather than them redo the animation and shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well well, y'all, uh there you have it. Uh Riz's Bobby Digital and Stereo from nineteen ninety eight. Uh very dope and interesting, very intriguing listen. Um it's pretty much witty and unpredictable like Wu Tang is and I will say that if you want to understand another element of Wu Tang or whatever like that. Listening to a Rizzo solo project, the man behind, a lot of this stuff going on or that has happened within the Wu universe, uh, you should probably go ahead and check it out. Maybe. uh, Yeah, you know, may- maybe you should just, you should do that. You know, if you, if you, if you claim you're a Wu head, maybe go ahead and listen to a, to a RZA album. Because sometimes, every so often, you, I'll come out, like, I'll, someone will say, I love Wu. I'm like, oh, what do you think about, you know, Bobby Digital? I'm like, oh, I never heard, never listened to it. So...
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, let me say one one more thing. Okay, if you okay. into a lot of geeky shit, some nerdy shit that that can be context of nerdy shit like fucking comics and whatnot, listen to that, cause it really puts Riz out there. No, you know, seeing how he likes all the shit that motherfuckers don't really talk about every day to day. You know, what I'm saying like fucking witches of Eastwick. You know, <laughs> witches shit of the that God motherfuckers ever. wouldn't even think about, but. He, you know, he talks about that. So, basically, all it is, is, like, yo, this dude is influenced by some shit that you wouldn't think would be cool, but, you know, if you just be real and bring out that charisma, then, you know, just talk about it, be about it. You know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's what this album is, is like. It's like you'll hear him talk about Dr. Octopus and whatnot. You know, it's like, what the fuck rhymes about fucking comic book characters? But he did it, and it was on, you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, well, there you have it. Um... This has been another edition of the Wu Tang Podcast. You can check us out at Wu Tang Podcast on Twitter. Uh, hit me up uh, at WuTang Podcast at gmail.com if you have any comments. If you you know if you wanna get on the podcast, you wanna um, kick it with me, discuss an album, like you know, i like how I've been doing with Born King, with Ty Smith over here, or whatever like that. Uh, let me know. I'm always down to uh, get some more people uh, uh, on the podcast to discuss their favorite albums with me um, and everything, especially Killer B albums. Um, I'm really in- interested in that and everything like that. You can find me at Singlaw Superior on Twitter. You can, you, you know, you know what? You should like my Facebook page because I, I finally got a Facebook account in the midst of all this digital colonialism. And so maybe you should like my Facebook account so I can get rid of like that URL bullshit that they have going on. I would really appreciate it if you all do that. Singlaw Superior on Facebook. Uh, Ty, where can people find you and your animation and your artwork and everything like that?
1: You can find me at com. If you want to reach me in, send me an email. Be at Ty at com. All of that, you can link to my Twitter, Facebook. Go from there.
0: <laughs> all right, cool. And with all that said, we are out. Peace. Later.